You're listening to Catholic Chicago. Ahead, the Archdiocese of Chicago brings you programs about the people, events, and issues that touch our lives. Welcome to Catholic Chicago. and welcome to Lifelong Journey. My name is Clarissa Alhintera, and I'm your host this morning. Uh, it is a beautiful summer day, and uh, I've got two guests joining us from outside the Chicagoland area. Uh, I'd like to introduce uh, Andrew and Noel. Good morning. Good morning. morning. How, <laughs> usually before we, we get into the show, I like to just ask people how their summer's going, if they've had any fun summer adventures or like vacation things that um, for me, like my family and I just went to the Wisconsin Dells last week and I'd never been. And so I, I can add that to my Midwest bucket list. Oh, that's great. Yeah. I actually moved here from Wisconsin, so I spent 15 years there. I've been to the Dells a number of times. It's a fun time. Yes. <clears throat> Noelle, any, any yeah. summer, any fun summer? Yeah, well, I'm a mom of four, and my kids are all really involved in a lot of activities. Uh, so I have been playing taxi driver all summer on top of working and getting my master's. So it's been a little bit of a busy summer. We're not planning on doing any big trips or anything this year. Um but maybe next year. <laughs> yeah. Well, awesome. Well, thank you. Uh, so this this morning and, and for this month in um, the Office of uh, Lifelong Faith Formation, I invited on uh, Andrew Musgrave and Noelle Colas DeVito, and I'll have you both introduce yourselves. Um, and the the name of our, our topic for today is um, Breaking Open the Sin of Race, Racism and Parish Accompaniment. There's an upcoming program um, that we'll, they'll be talking about uh, throughout the show. And so before we get started, uh, both Andrew and Noel, if you want to just introduce yourself, how long you've been doing ministry, um, professionally, not professionally, you know, however that works for you, and then um, a little bit about the program that is upcoming for you. Great. Andrew, do you want to go first and I'll talk about the program? Perfect. Perfect. Um, so I've been working um, in the Catholic Church for about 10 years now, um, and then probably about gosh, 10, 15 years before that was working in the nonprofit world in various um, aspects and education, senior services, food services, food justice. Um, and then I've been here in Cincinnati as the director of the Catholic Social Action Office for about three and a half years. Um, came down here from Milwaukee with my family and uh, got a, I'm married and have two daughters. And um and yeah, here in the social action office, we cover all the things you'd kind of expect expect us to cover with uh, immigration and care for creation and racism and addiction and kind of all the public facing things, as well as uh, being the interfaith and ecumenical office for the archdiocese, CCHD, CRS, um, 
all the things and uh, a small staff. So we're small but mighty and and um, and really love doing the work. Fantastic. Thank you. All right. So I'm Noelle Collis DeVito, um, and I've been in ministry work since I was a teenager, really. Um, I started volunteering right out of high school um, when I started college um, at a parish. And then afterwards, I ended up serving at that parish as a youth minister for several years. Um, And then I took some time off to have all of our kids and stay at home for a little And uh, then I started up again in the Respect Life office for the Archdiocese of Cincinnati about four years ago. And during the time when I was staying at home, I did a lot of contracted work, parish missions, um, big organized events and stuff like that. But um, so uh, the Respect Life office and the Social Action office actually work very closely. We're really focused on that consistent ethic of life, that seamless garment idea, right? Um, and so I started serving on the anti-racism task force. And um, since then, I've uh, we've established a new office, the Office for Persons with Disabilities. And I've been kind of spearheading the efforts with that. So Fantastic. And so one of the things that uh, drew me to invite um, you onto the show today was that there's a program that's going to be done uh, through Ignatian Solidarity Network in a few weeks now. Um, and it's on... Um, it's got a really long title, and, and, and so I, I, I got part of it, but it's Breaking Open the Sin of Racism um, and, how to mm-hmm. kind of, and how to work with parishes in this. And so I was wondering, um, w- you know, why this, why this topic uh, and, how, and, and you know, how important is this topic for, for us in parish life, whether it's paid, volunteer, you know, just a layperson attending, you know, how important is this topic just, you know, to be talked about and, like, and, and how it came about? Absolutely. So as as we are all aware, there's been a lot of tension over racial issues in our nation and across the world um, for a while now. And it's really important for us to kind of have those big discussions, right? We're called as Catholics to be very present and to work towards change. And if we see a problem with structures or with an issue in our country, um, it's really a sin of omission to ignore it and not do anything to make it better. So um, we decided to create this program with the University of Dayton, and all of the speakers are through the University of Dayton. They're amazing, and it's been really wonderful to work with them and to have them donate their time to create this program. Um, and so we put that together with a discussion guide and some great resources on our webpage um, so that people from across the country and here in Ohio could use it in their parish or through um, a Catholic organization to have these big conversations about what it looks like, like what is racial power and privilege and what are the issues that we're facing in our nation to initiate those conversations. Andrew, did you want to add something? I I was actually going to take it a different, a little bit of direction. Just you ask why this is relevant, why this is important. And, and, I don't think there's a single person in our country who doesn't, isn't aware of the significant racial tensions that, that persist in all aspects of life and across all sectors of society. And, and um, the church has been addressing this for a long time, but, but in, in, in recent years, in recent months, the, the persistence of, of, racial prejudice and um, the animosity and the marginalization that exists um, are not getting any better, um, arguably getting worse. 
And and so to your question about why why this is important or why parishes should do this, um, I'd almost push back and say, why wouldn't they do this? You know, we're called as a church to be a prophetic voice, to be in the midst, uh, in the mix of, of, of our society and, and being not of, of the world, but in the world and, and working for, for compassion and for presence and for, and for justice and peace. And, and, and if we're to be church and, and, and we're to be a parish and, and, and a parish obviously is not, the building, but it is the community that is in that space. If we're to be a, a, a church and a, and a parish, we must address what's going on in our world and address what's going on in our communities and, and what's affecting the lives of those in our parish. And whether they know what's addressing them or not, whether they know what's affecting them or not, we need to address it and help them to understand that reality. And so that's really how this program came to be, is that we we see what's going on and, and we know that as a church, we need to be in this and we need to be addressing this. And so we, we sought out a way. And as, as Noel said, we sought out a way with some of our, our community partners to figure out how we can work with uh, and address uh, this sin of racism with our, um, with the folks in our, in our, in our archdiocese and, and God willing across this country um, because there are so many um uh, great folks out there trying to do this work. We wanted to try to create something useful and, and helpful. Yeah, f- thank you so much for that. We're going to take a quick break, and then we'll come back and talk a little bit more. Catholic Charities offers a wide variety of volunteer opportunities to those who want to share their time and help us serve people in need. Whether it's stocking the shelves of our food pantries, helping refugees learn the English language, tutoring school-aged children, becoming a mentor to young adults, sorting clothes in our clothing rooms, serving hot meals to those who are facing homelessness, or delivering meals and making cards to lift the spirits of our homebound seniors, we are deeply grateful to all those who want to join in our mission of mercy. Volunteer opportunities are updated weekly for people of all ages at ccofchicagovolunteer.com. Or just call us at 312-655-7053. That's 312-655-7053. Thank you for helping us follow Jesus' call to serve our neighbors in need. This is year 44 for me teaching. When I started here, there were teachers here that had taught me 
when I was a student. Now I'm the old person. <laughs> right now, I teach junior high math. I love when kids find what I'm teaching to be fun and they get it. I see that light bulb go off and it's a thrill. People are always amazed, what, what? You're here for 44 years? It's hard for me to believe, frankly. <laughs> I love what I do. Every summer I think, oh, I miss the classroom. Even on the weekends, I think I can't wait to get back on Monday and teach those quadratic equations. <laughs> Shape the next generation of leaders. Teach, apply today at artchicago.org slash schooljobs. Do you have an old bicycle that's not being used? Consider donating it to Catholic Charities Veterans Bike Project of Lake County. Skilled volunteers are refurbishing bicycles to make them safe and ready to be used by veterans to get to and from their new places of work. We also gratefully accept financial contributions that are used to purchase bike helmets and other safety accessories. Our veterans have faithfully served the United States and now it is our privilege to serve them. For more information on the Veterans Bike Project of Lake County, call 847-782-4219. That's 847-782-4219. Good morning and we're back with Lifelong Journey, a radio program hosted by the Office of Lifelong Faith Formation in the Archdiocese of Chicago. My name is Clarissa Alhinter and I'm your host this morning. I'm joined um, with uh, Andrew Musgrave and Noel Collis uh, Davino, and we've been talking a little bit about the upcoming program, uh, Breaking Open the Sin of Racism, and, and kind of like accompanying parishes in this work. And so the question I like to ask guests, you know, in, in relation to their topics is, <clears throat> um, you know, is there a brief or personal story that you can share in relation to this topic, whether it's, you know, in a, in a ministry setting? I know for me, um, the parish I attend, we've been having conversations that we're, we call seeing race. And so every month we talk about racism in, you know, some form or fashion, economic justice, schools, etc. And I don't know, you know, for either of you, you know, when it comes to this topic and the importance of totally with you, Andrew, like, why are we not? Like, everyone should be, right? All the time, 24-7. You know, what, what can you what can you share with our listeners and our viewers, you know, how this touches your own personal heart. Sure. Well, for me, a personal experience that I had um, that kind of really motivated me to <clears throat> want to do better as a church and just draw some awareness to our faith communities. Um, there was a discussion at a parish um, and the pastoral council was talking about um, somebody from the pastoral council brought up the idea of when we get more art for our church. Let's try to do some more stuff with diversity, right? Let's try to have diverse art in our parish so that as people come in, every person feels at home instead of just people who are white. Um, and it turned into a really big debate. Uh, and it was really eye-opening to me to see the apprehension and um, the lack of understanding, I guess you could say, about that perspective. Because uh, the parish was a predominantly white parish. 
And so they were people's response was, well, why would we do that if most of our parishioners are white? Um, it doesn't really matter if we have diverse art because nobody that comes here um, is you know, African-American or Latino or anything like that. Um, so why would we do that? And um, I thought that the argument for it was obviously really compelling. It's good to have different images and, and ways for people to connect in your parish. And so ju just even having that initial um, interaction and, and have I was involved in that conversation, not on the pastoral council, but involved in the conversation with some of the people. And um, it was just very eye-opening to see the lack of understanding and the lack of empathy almost um, for what it would be like to be somebody who's a minority coming into a parish that's predominantly white. Yeah, no, thank you. Um, you know, I moved, I moved here at the beginning of 2019 and just before I moved here, uh, the U S bishops released their most recent pastoral, uh, addressing racism, open wide our hearts and, and my predecessor and, and the folks who were involved in the anti-racism task force here really were engaged with that pastoral and really wanted to kind of get it out into the community. And so um, when I came here, they were already in the midst of organizing a listening session and, um, and Bishop Bob and the uh, Ad Hoc Committee on Racism had been supportive of that. And, and so just a few months after I, I got here, we had that listening session. We had a couple hundred people uh, join us. We had three or four bishops there. And in our listening session, we heard from about 25 different people. Uh, in different sectors. We heard from, from youth, from educators, from elders in the church. And, um, and I'd done some work around uh, addressing racism in the church back in my time in Milwaukee and, and, and done some personal work and formation to, to be more learned about this, more understanding of this. But, but sitting there for those two hours, um, just heard some powerful and painful stories uh, from folks. Um, I remember there being um, one uh, person talking about uh, when she was a Eucharistic minister at church, people wouldn't come and receive the cup from her because she was black. Um, I remember a young person talking about being the only person of color in their uh, classroom and enduring year after year of, of racist jokes and, and prejudicial treatment. Um, and, and then and seeing nothing happen to them, having no punishment, no repercussions. Um, another student talked about being in class and the first day of class, a student raised their hand. This is a, a black student. Another student raised their hand and asked to be moved because they didn't want to sit next to a black kid. And, and so we hear, we hear these stories and then you hear from elders in the church who have been um, part of the Catholic church who have endured um, mistreatment in the church for, for decades uh, to hear these stories and, and to understand that things haven't changed that much, that we haven't done very well to do better. Um, it, it, you can't, I couldn't, and I don't think anybody could help but have their heart rent um, by these stories and to know these experiences. And, and as a, as a white male, I don't experience any of this. I didn't see any of this growing up. Um, I didn't have this direct, direct influence. And so I was ignorant of it. And to hear this uh, and to understand this, it, it just 
furthered our resolve and, and steeled our, our nerves against some of the naysayers. We have to keep doing harder work. We have to do more. We have to work with, with our community and we have to work with our parishes because it's, it's the people. It, that's where we're going to reach Catholics is in the, is in the parishes and, and we're going to find them in the pews and, and in their parish activities. And we need to come to them and say, this is a sin. This is an issue. And, and we've been talking about this. The bishops have been talking about this for, for 80 years. This isn't a new thing. People don't know about it, but they, they, they've been talking about this for a long time. Um, we need to bring this to people. We need to help them to understand not only that the church has been talking about it, but how it manifests, what it looks like. And, and so this, this road um, has had several different, inter, you know, different stops along the way, but, but it has brought us to this point um, Do you mind- because of what we've learned, what we've seen, and that we need to act. I need to take a quick break. I don't want to, but we're going to come back and we're going to keep doing this. are hiring. Catholic Charities of the Archdiocese of Chicago is looking for mission-driven individuals who want to help make a positive difference in the lives of people in need throughout Cook and Lake Counties. Be part of a diverse, talented team of professionals in the largest human services organization in the Midwest. We are dedicated to helping people chart a more stable, happier future for themselves, and we accompany anyone in need, regardless of faith, gender, race, or ethnicity. Competitive salaries and generous benefits add to the satisfaction you'll have every day knowing that you're helping us amplify our impact in Chicago. To see our list of employment opportunities, visit catholiccharities.net. Welcome back. Es fabuloso verlos. Dobrze jest znowu być razem. It's good to be together again. After so many months apart, pandemic capacity limits have been lifted, and we want to welcome everyone back to church. We can all pray together again. And listen as our choirs lift their voices in song. We've been together in spirit. And now when you are ready, our doors are open wide. Nuestras puertas están abiertas de par en par. Nasze drzwi są otwarte. And we're here to welcome you back to Catholic Mass.
Good morning, and we're back with Lifelong Journey, a radio program hosted by the Office of Lifelong Faith Formation in the Archdiocese. And this morning, we've been talking about this upcoming program, um, the Breaking Open the Sin of Racism. And so we've been talking with both Andrew and Noel. And right before we went to break, uh, Andrew, you were on a roll. You know, I think I wrote down, church needs to act. Uh, can you just say a little bit more about, you know, that... Um, uh, the opportunity that we have, especially it, it, uh, the other thing, I guess, church needs to act and how this work can be done in the parishes. Um, and so, like, how do you how do you see those two really helping us as the big church, the big C, you know, really move in terms of action? Um, before I answer the question, I think it's important, um, and I, I referenced this earlier, I think it's important for people to know that the church has been um, addressing this for a long time. Um, as early as the kind of 1940s, the church put out statements addressing racism. And then in over the, the, the decades, the succeeding decades, um, they put out a number of documents, all kind of in the context of what's going on culturally, uh, what's going on historically, to address how racism is manifesting. So uh, looking at in the 1950s, how the progress after World War II was kind of waning, uh, putting out something in the 1960s in the midst of the civil rights movement, uh, putting out probably their best known document, uh, Brothers and Sisters to Us, in the late 1970s with the indifference and the backlash after kind of the civil rights movement. Um, in 1984, actually hearing the voices of, of Black people and, and what racism has looked like to them in the church. And so, so this is not a new thing. So I think it's important that people know that we've that the church has been addressing racism for a long time. And, and the reason the church has been addressing this for a long time is because this has been an ongoing problem in our country for 400 plus years. And, and in, in recent decades, um, the look of racism has changed, but the effects haven't the subjugation, the marginalization, the oppression that exists haven't changed. It just looks different, maybe a more insidious, um, but it's, but it's part of the system. It's part of the institutions that are, that were, that are around us. And so to your question, um, we are called to build up God's kingdom here on earth and, and any kingdom that, that doesn't welcome everyone, any kingdom that, uh, that we try to build, that pushes people to the margins, that, that relegates people from full membership, full participation, full dignity, is not a kingdom of God. And so we have to be engaged in that work. We have to be part of that. If we believe that we're all created in the image and likeness of God and we all have dignity to God, we have to put our, our money, our time, our effort where our mouths are and be engaged in that work. And so it is, it is required that as a people of God, that we be engaged in this work, like we do so many other uh, issues around life and dignity. Um, and, and, to, and to your other, to your part on a kind of more local level, what does that look like on a parish? So, so knowing the history and knowing what we've been doing as a church, and knowing that you're not doing something new, that you're not wading out into uh, uncharted waters, but that you're standing on the shoulders, that you're walking with our ancestors of faith in this is is a, an important, I think thing to know to ground yourself in and then as a parish knowing what that looks like in your neighborhood knowing what that looks like in your parish or in your diocese in your community 
is critical. And, and the only way you do that is by hearing from people who have experienced it and from people who have learned and who have made it their life's work to address injustice and address um, the challenges that that black and brown and uh, AAPI and native peoples have experienced in this country. So this, this program, um, and Noel can talk a lot more um, intelligent about this than I can, but in this program, we look at several different perspectives, several different um, uh, lenses of addressing racism so that we can get a, a, a more comprehensive look of what racism is. It, it is it is in the air we breathe, it is in the water we drink, it is in our, again, our systems, our, our institutions, including the church. And so we need to understand that in, from the different perspectives. And so taking the time to to understand what racism looks like and what it has meant historically and what, what the effects are now is really where a parish has to start to, to understand what's going on and what has happened that brought us to this point. Yeah, no, thank you. Um, we are going to have to take a quick break really quickly. But, Noel, do you mind just dropping the that website? Um, <laughs> so if, as our listeners are listening. Yeah, do you want me to, to say it really quickly? Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah please. Um, so it's resources.catholicaoc.org backslash offices backslash Catholic dash social dash action backslash racism dash privilege. It's a really long address, but you can also find it by just typing in breaking open the sin of racism, Archdiocese of Cincinnati in your Google search, and it'll be the top search. Fantastic. Well, we're going to take a break and then we'll come back and hear a little bit more. Thanks. Ancestry and genealogy are more important every day. People all over the world are wanting to learn more about their family heritage for personal and for health reasons. At Catholic Charities, we are hearing from adults who lived for a brief time at St. Vincent's Orphanage, the wonderful life-affirming agency that operated out of our headquarters for 91 years, serving thousands of women, children, and families until it closed in 1972. Our post-adoption services help adults who want to learn more about their experience at St. Vincent's. Our compassionate staff members provide whatever family background information they can offer, along with support and reunion services. To learn more, call 312-655-7093. That's 312-655-7093. The spirit of St. Vincent's lives on in the inspiring stories that continue to emerge today. The Cemetery Ministry is a core ministry of our Catholic faith tied to the corporal works of mercy. It's comforting to know that our Catholic cemeteries are caring for the remains of our loved ones awaiting the resurrection. There are 44 Archdiocese of Chicago Catholic cemeteries willing to help you in your time of loss. Call 708-449-6100 or visit catholiccemeterychicago.org. Catholic Cemeteries 
serving the Catholic community since 1837. You're listening to Catholic Chicago. Ahead, the Archdiocese of Chicago brings you programs about the people, events, and issues that touch our lives. Thanks for letting us be part of your morning. Now again, Catholic Chicago. Good morning, and we're back with Lifelong Journey, a radio program hosted by the Office of Lifelong Faith Formation in the Archdiocese of Chicago. My name is Clarissa Alhantara, and we've been talking uh, with Andrew Noel about um, some of the resources um, for program, upcoming videos and stuff like that for breaking open the sin of racism. And so before the break, Noel kind of shared the... Uh, the link, and I appreciate that, and so we'll do that a couple more times. Uh, oftentimes we've found um, that, you know, people will jump on the radio, especially if you're listening at different points, and so we like to just spread it out, and then if you're watching our YouTube uh, our YouTube rebroadcast, <laughs> it's coming up on the screen now, and so just different ways that, that people kind of access that information. Um, before we kind of maybe jump a little bit more into the resources, though, um, I like, because this is a show rooted in, in faith formation and in people's experience, like when, um, I really love to just know for each of you, like, is there a scripture passage <clears throat> that you think about in relationship to this work? Um that you think it's like, oh, yeah, when I read this, I always think, you know, obviously there's a lot of different things, but, you know, that that you hold for this work. Sure. So for me, um, obviously, Jesus was in the middle of social issues. I mean, anytime you look through the Gospels, like Jesus was there when there was an injustice. That was that was where he was. He was with the people. Right. Um, but I really like the the um, the letter to St. Paul, the first Corinthians letter about the body of Christ. I feel like it's really important for us to focus on that. Andrew talked about bringing God's kingdom here on earth. And it's so important for us to think about that body of Christ and how we're all part of that body. And when we don't fully embrace the diversity that we have in our church. And when racism plays into the social structures in our world, that body of Christ can't do what it is compelled to do here um, for the world, right? Our church isn't whole. We're not whole as a church, as a parish community. Um, and then we're also not whole doing our work for the larger community. And I, that, that reading to me just really is a great expression of what it means to belong. Um, whether you're a person um, that expresses racial diversity or maybe neurodiversity or ability diversity, right? We have people all over the place. And so um, I always refocus myself with that reading and to just think about where people fit in and how we need to do better to help people create that sense of belonging in their parishes. Fantastic. Thank you. Um <laughs> I'm going to cheat a little bit. This isn't necessarily just in this work, um, but but a verse that really does connect in different ways with this work is Micah six eight, to seek justice, love mercy, and walk humbly with God. Um, I think all of this is about seeking gospel justice. Um, in in the in the in the in the original uh, form of that word justice, it meant to be in right relationship with God. And that's what we're seeking to do for ourselves and for others to be in right relationship with God. Um, so to seek justice, um, and then it <laughs> it takes the mercy of God and all of us being merciful uh, to make any progress on this. 
Um, and then it takes a significant amount of humility um, to do this well, because um, we've been struggling with this for a long time. And there's been a lot of people who have literally given their lives for this work. And we still find ourselves in a place that that is difficult and, and, and is, um, is unjust. And so it takes a lot of humility to, to be able to step back and say, I don't know, but I'm going to show up and, and, and do my best and support those who are doing the work. So all three components of that really connect for me, um, the scriptures to this, this work of, of, of addressing racial injustice. That piece on humility, I think, is, <clears throat> is important and key. And can you say a little bit more about that, how parishes and, and maybe even kind of what that would look like in the parish context of both the humility and the parish accompaniment? I know this isn't a question on the script, but I feel like. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. Um, you know, one of the things, Noelle referenced this in her story earlier about about the parish and, and being a little reticent to uh, diversify their artwork. And, and I think that speaks to what I hear when I go to parishes and schools, when they say, one, this isn't an issue in our parish. This isn't something that we have to worry about. And people who also say, I don't see this anywhere. We love all people. We aren't racist against anybody. We don't have any prejudice against anybody. And, and, and I think it takes a, a, a significant dose of humility to admit, one, that you don't know what you don't know. <laughs> and to admit that the way that you've always done things may not be the way that really is welcoming and inviting and loving to all people. To, to say what we did 10, 20, 30, 120 years ago might've worked at that time in some ways, but, but we have to grow. We have to change. I mean, we, the church is made up of people. And, and just like people have to grow, the church has to grow and, and open its heart and learn how to be more loving, learn how to be more compassionate. And, and we have to be humble enough to say, maybe we don't know uh, everything. And maybe we don't understand the experiences of those around us. Maybe we haven't talked to the people who don't feel welcome in our neighborhood or in our parish. And, and for us to, to do better we have to own up to the fact, not necessarily that we are culpable for what happened in the past, but we do have a responsibility to change it and to address uh, what that looks like and the consequences of, of past actions and, and past in, injustices. So for a parish to be humble is to say, we show up and we know that we don't know the answer, but that we want to learn, that we want to be present. And, and obviously that works for the whole, for the whole church. Um, and, and obviously that trickles down to individual actions as well and, and individual people making that commitment to be humble and to say, I, I don't know, but I want to learn. And I'm sorry, uh, Clarissa, what was the second part of your question? Well, so and... it's, it's okay. I actually have to, I'm getting the signal to go to break. So this is perfect. So okay. we'll take a break and then we'll, we'll, I'll do that again. Thanks, Andrew.
Catholic Charities has had the privilege of helping people in need in Cook and Lake County for more than 100 years. We would like to take this opportunity to thank our frontline workers who, despite the unprecedented challenges of the past two years, continue to excel at their jobs every day. From the warehouse staff members who pack boxes of nutritious foods for low-income seniors, to the dedicated WIC employees who have remained open for families with children under the age of five, to our volunteers and restaurant partners who ensure that meals are available for those experiencing hunger, to our service coordinators and our professional counselors who continue their vital work in innovative ways, to our food pantry staff and to all those who work at Catholic Charities Call Center, finding solutions for every person who reaches out to us for help. Charity is at the heart of all you do, and we salute you. I feel special. <laughs> I feel great. I got good grades. We've seen a huge surge in our kids now meeting or exceeding grade level. Come check us out. You may have never thought we were an option before. Our school communities provide students with academic excellence and character education in a supportive and stable learning environment. Come see for yourself. Visit artchicago.org slash findaschool. We've been talking about breaking open the sin of racism and, and how parishes can, can kind of encourage others in this work. And so right before we went to break, we were talking um, and we were talking a little bit about humility and the context of the parish and how parishes can kind of demonstrate that and really be a model. Obviously, there's personal action, but then I think it's also um, just the context of how a parish can model this better. And so to end, uh, I wrote down, um, you know, how can we do that better, Andrew? I think that was the second part of the question was, you know, how can we encourage parishes to model humility better? I mean, for any, for kind of any of the, of the issues, you know, um, obviously racism is what we're talking about today, but also when we're talking about in, in the context of social justice. And um, You know, one thing that, um, I'm not sure if this answers your question, but the one thing that immediately comes to mind actually um, our Archbishop here in Cincinnati, Archbishop Schnur, has been, um, I think, regularly a, a strong supporter of the work that we've done uh, through our Respect Life Office and through our Social Action Office, Disabilities Office, Person with Disabilities Office, excuse me. And, and, and part of what he does is often says, I'm not an expert on this. Uh, let's go to those who are experts and let's hear from them. Let's learn from them so that we can make the best next step forward, whether that's the best statement, whether that's the best, most appropriate action, whatever it is. Um, it's, he, he's very, I think, humble and knowing he's great as a bishop, but he's not an immigration attorney. He's not a civil rights activist. Uh, he's not a social worker. So 
he, he says, let's look and let's talk to those who are experts and learn from them and, and move forward in that way. And I think that example is a great one for us individually, but as parishes too. Um, you know, <laughs> we ask so much of our pastors and, and pastors are, are given uh, some great training in seminary uh, on some different things, but it's not all things and they can't do all things. And we can't expect them to be experts in all things. Just we can't expect the staff members at our parishes to be experts in all things. Um, but we, we, we can, as, as the, to go back to Noel talking about being the body of Christ with all of us, bringing our passions, our skills, our, our interest, we can come together and talk and, and raise up those voices who have the experience and the wisdom and, and, um, the expertise and ask them to be present with us. And, and maybe those are members of our parish and maybe they're not. Maybe that's going out into our neighborhood, going out to our neighbors, the, the nonprofits, the community centers, the whatever it is and saying, Hey, we want to learn from you. Um, we want to be a parish that's connected to our community and that loves not only the people inside our walls, but also especially those that are outside our walls. How can we learn from you and, and how can we do this better? And so I, I think for a, for a parish to do it well means to open the, the doors. Uh, Pope Francis talks about being the field hospital, about smelling like the sheep. Go out and, and, and talk to people and, 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 and own the fact that we've got a lot of great resources as a church, but we don't have a monopoly on wisdom, experience, on cultural competency. Go out and ask and seek out people to learn from them. And, and, and you know, a great example to, to step away from the issue of racism, you know, Noel has been very, very expertly navigating this world of forming a, an office for people with disabilities. And, and she's learned a lot and she's gone and talked to people. I don't know if Noel, you're going to talk a bit about that in your work with parishes, but I think this is a, is a great example of what, of what a parish can do to be humble and to learn. Right. I think for me, like, the concept of humility is other focused, right? When I'm not being humble, I'm focusing on myself. And when, so for me, like the MO behind humility is the prayer of St. Francis. I have it hanging on the wall in my house. Um, it's very important to me to always seek to understand rather to, than to be understood, to seek to love, you know, to, to try to seek out other people and, um, and really, grasp their situation and see them as an individual person with their own experiences and life situations, because they're not going to have the same experiences as me. Um, working with the deaf community has been incredible. Um, I've learned to sign over the last year, um, and it's been really amazing to be able to work with them and learn more about deaf culture. I think the biggest thing that we're missing in our churches right now is people, when they come to a church, they want to feel that they're wanted and expected at that parish, right? And if you walk into a church, even if it's a welcoming parish, and they welcome you, but they didn't expect you to be there, like it's like a secondary reaction, that's reactive inclusion. That's not creating that sense of belonging that we want to have in our churches. So we've got to take that into consideration across the entire spectrum of diversity, um, whether that, like I said before, neurodiversity, ethnic diversity, racial diversity, or even people with different abilities in our parishes so that we can really look like that body of Christ and be really holistic um, in, in our approach to parish. 
Yeah, no, fantastic. Thank you so much for that. I think what we'll do is we'll go, we're going to take a quick break and then we'll come back and, and we'll do a little bit more about the program and resources coming up. Thank you. Great. Catholic Charities, we want to remind you that we are here for anyone who is a victim of domestic violence or anyone who has a concern about someone they think may be a victim. Domestic violence affects millions of people each year, both women and men, of every race, religion, culture, and economic status. It includes physical, psychological, and emotional abuse inflicted in both subtle and overt ways. The impact on children can be devastating. If you or someone you know are victims of domestic violence and you are looking for a place for healing and recovery, call us at 773-935-3434 in Cook County and 224-430-4977 in Lake County. A safer, happier tomorrow can begin today. how can you spend your day with three-year-olds? Seeing the changes that they go through and just the journey and how they grow, this is a very rewarding job. Even though at the end of the day, we're not the highest paid people on earth. And when I have a parent contact me and say, my child loves school, that to me, I'm setting that foundation for their love of learning. Because really you are changing lives, you are molding lives. Shape the next generation of leaders, teach, Apply today at artchicago.org slash schooljobs. Good morning and we're back with Lifelong Journey, our radio program hosted by the Office of Lifelong Faith Formation in the Archdiocese. My name is Clarissa Alhantara and I'm your host and we've been talking a little bit about um, breaking open the sin of racism and how parishes uh, can accompany others. Um, so, Noel, I wanted to learn a little bit more about the, the Parish Journey Breaking Open the Sin of Racism series um, that's coming up. It's got a long name and so I'm like looking at my screen reading it but can you tell us a little you talked a little bit about the top of the show um but we've got about 10 minutes left and we'll probably do another break in between but tell us a little bit more about the series like how how did it come about how is this going to you know what's it going to look like sure so originally the way that we were doing some education and starting those initial conversations on racism power and privilege was we 
we're using a more secularized like program to kind of start some discussions. And after doing some evaluation, we decided why not give this a uniquely Catholic perspective, right? Why not have some people from the University of Dayton come in and and just collaborate with some of those partners that we have in this area to present this on a wider scale um, so that we could really dive into not just the issues that are happening in our local community, which is part of what we discuss in these in this series, but also how can we tie in our Catholicism? What are we called to do as Catholics? Um, so we worked with UD and we have, it's an eight part series. So there's eight videos. And the way that we have it set up is um, people in their parishes can decide to do with it whatever they would like to do. But on our website, we've got PowerPoint presentations for people if they're leading it online or even in person to assist them with the materials that they might need to walk through the process. We've got um, a leader guide, discussion guides, everything that you could possibly need to run this in your parish or with a, a smaller organization. Um, the great thing about it is some of it talks a little bit about uh, the Archdiocese of Cincinnati specifically, very little, but some, um, and you could kind of plug in your own resources there. Like we talk about redlining in one of the, the sections of the series. Um, and so you could do a little research ahead of time if you're presenting to a group not in this area and talk about redlining in your own area, because that has happened across the country. It's not just an issue that's happened in Dayton and Cincinnati. Um, and so it's it's a really great resource. Uh, and the people that speak are all experts on different topics, right? So we have some people who are in the theology department, some people who are in political science, um, some people that work in the um, diversity, equity, and inclusion program, like people across the board that are there to represent different perspectives on the issue of racism, power, and privilege. Fantastic. Um, is it meant to also be done virtually or in person? And like, how long would you say the, the sessions are 60 minutes, 90 minutes? Right. So we did this with a focus group. And um, based on what we did with our focus group, we landed on four sessions um, with the, the first video was kind of an intro that we would have people watch ahead of time. And then the four sessions would be comprised of two videos, two videos, and then two videos and then a singular video for the last session to broaden that discussion a little bit. And they were about an hour and a half long for each of the sessions. Uh, we break people into small groups to do the discussion guide questions together. But I mean, this could be something that you could do as an individual if you wanted to have this experience as an individual and just go through all of the stuff on your own. You could do it with a small faith community and just do one video a week with your small faith group. Um, I, I'm going to probably be adapting this for the University of Dayton um, at some point uh, to present it to students at UD. And we would probably keep it in that smaller, like one hour time slot, one video a week, eight week series kind of thing. But it's really a flexible program. Um, so you can do with it what you would like. And if you would prefer to only show one of the videos rather than all eight of them, you could even pick out something that's more particular for your faith community and just have a discussion on that particular video. So it's there's not really um, a set pattern of what we like an expectation of how people use these resources. Um, we've put them out there with some suggestions and recommendations. And we are also providing trainers or trainings for people who are interested in leading and facilitating this in their parishes. And we will be offering some more training sessions in the near future to train people. That's awesome. Can you uh, please share 
the link, the the multiple ways in which people can access this resource again. Yes, absolutely. So we just created a tiny URL during the last break. Um, So now the link is tinyurl.com backslash all one word, breaking open the sin of racism, all one word. So it's tinyurl.com backslash breaking open the sin of racism and that's sin with no it's not plural singular sin um you can also find this resource by just googling breaking open the sin of racism archdiocese of cincinnati and it will be the first thing that pops up in your google search but this website is designed for your use everything is reproducible so you can print anything that you see on here um you can download these videos from youtube all of the links are available you can download the discussion guide And some of the materials like the PowerPoints and the um, schedules and stuff like that are modifiable. So you can modify them however you would like them. Some of the materials we would prefer not be modified, like the discussion guide. Um, And that is created to not be modified. Uh, We also have a section on digging deeper down at the bottom, because after you have these discussions, people always want to know what next. What do I do to get involved? How do I, you know, you feel very um, empowered after you have these discussions and you want to move on to the next thing. So we've got some really great resources at the bottom of this page to provide those opportunities for people. One of them being a deeper dive into the Open Wide Our Hearts document from the USCCB. But there are a lot of other resources on there, too, for ways for people to get involved. This is absolutely fantastic. Um, I think uh, one of the things that I always hear is like, we don't have Wi-Fi in our classrooms, especially like depending on what the Wi-Fi is at the church. I mean, if there's no school, sometimes there's no like, you know, Wi-Fi that people could access. And so I think it's very accessible in terms of people can download what they need. They can adapt it for their, you know, the size of the group, however they want to facilitate it. Um, and I like I am going to go visit. I love the fact that you also created a tiny URL like in the blink of our show. Um, so thank you. Thank for, you, Andrew. <laughs> thank you for that. Uh, thank you so much, Noel and Andrew, for spending the time with us this morning. Uh, this has really been an enlightening conversation for me. And I can't you know, I'm excited to kind of go and see all the other resources and stuff that you created. Great. Thank you. Have a good rest of your summer. I want to just mention real quick, I'd be remiss if I don't mention um, the person who works in our Dayton office, Sarah Seligman. Uh, she and Noel were really the the brain trust, the, the drivers of this project. And unfortunately, she um, uh, is ill and her kids are ill. So that's why you're getting me instead. But um, Sarah and Noel were the the ones that made this happen. And I want to just give her and Noel credit um, and, and gratitude for all their hard work on this. And, and we really appreciate you inviting us uh, to be here and to, to talk about this. And um, it's, a, it's a great resource that we hope people can share far and wide. Thank you so much. Have a good one. Bye-bye. All right, bye.